Romans chapter 8, verses 31 to 39. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 to 39, this is the word of God. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Let's pray. God. Thank you. We thank you that you are here. You're here with us and you're always with us. We thank you that you really do love us. And you want us to draw near. God, we thank you that it doesn't matter where we've been or what we've done. Lord, you invite us. God, um, give us Give us an open heart. Lord, may our hearts be wide open to you. Lord, give us a humble heart and help us to see you for who you really are and not just the way we think you are. And Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I may faithfully preach your word. And Lord, I pray that every one of us here would draw closer to you and be filled with such joy. And may our love for you grow as we understand more of your love for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God really, really does love you. And I know we've heard it many times. I know Pastor Jonathan has said it many times. We've heard it hopefully from each other as well. God loves you. God loves you so much. And perhaps sometimes we hear it so often that it's like, oh, yeah, I already know that. Yeah, I know God loves me. But thanks for telling me. Um, But I think sometimes it can be a little too familiar that we really forget what it means for God to love us. Here in the book of Romans 8, and by the way, man, I love the book of Romans, but there's just even like some verses you can go hours just talking on just a few verses, right? I think some of us know what, you know, what I'm talking about. And uh, so I don't want to spend all your time here, um, but I just want to share a few things. You know, if God is for us, who can be against us? Paul is saying this because there is this struggle that we go through every single day. We, there's a battle that's constantly being waged. And indeed, Paul, before, um, 
In the previous verses, he talks about this, the weaknesses that we have, the struggles that we face. And if we're honest, there are many voices that are around us. Voices that we hear externally and even internal voices. And, and there's also the word of God, uh, the most important voice. But there are these whispers that we hear sometimes. Man, you're such a failure. Man, you keep messing up. You sure you love Jesus? You sure? You sure you know the Lord? Because I don't know, the way you've been thinking, the way you've been acting, doesn't look it. And we wrestle. We struggle. We live in a broken world. And we see that in, um, I'm just going to read uh, from uh, verse, verse 20. For the creation was subject to, to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain freedom of the glory of the children of God. That even creation is longing, just as we are groaning inside, and we've all had those groans. I can't wait. I can't wait for that day when there is no more tears, no more pains, no more suffering. I can't wait for that day when I get to see Jesus face to face. I can't wait. Even creation longs for that day. Creation is groaning, longing for Jesus' return. And, and still we struggle, we wrestle. Verse 26, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes us, sees for us with groan, groanings too deep for words. The Holy Spirit understands our weaknesses. None of us here have arrived. None of us are perfect. We are still wrestling and struggling. But our story is not over. The voices that are around us sometimes says, it says, give up. Give up. But we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Fix our eyes on him who loves us. He understands our weaknesses, but he doesn't leave us in our weaknesses. Praise God that he has given us his spirit. That Holy Spirit is in you. Now, I have to admit, uh, Jesus I get, you know, human being, right? Fully God, fully man. Um, God, yes, I get. The Holy Spirit is one of those things like, ah, that's an interesting one because I don't really have a frame of reference for that. Uh, you know, where is the Holy Spirit? The scripture says the Holy Spirit dwells within us. The Holy Spirit is in us and is at work. And that's why when we sin, what happens? We actually grieve the Holy Spirit that is in us. And the Holy Spirit is actually wanting to do this work to bring us closer to God, to also strengthen us to walk in obedience. You see, our life, you know, you know being a Christian is not about simply living a good moral life. That's not what it's about. Being a Christian, being in Christ means 
going back to God, being with him, and, and living as his children. But we can't do this alone. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to do that work in us. And so we put our faith in Christ. We pray, and we see God doing that work in us. I don't have the power. I don't have the strength. But the Holy Spirit inside of me does. As I put my faith in Christ, as I look at Jesus, I see who he is. And I see what he is able to do in me and through me as well. The accuser is always at work. Satan is always working to accuse and to bring us down. If God is for us, who can be against us? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? No one. No one has anything on you because of what Jesus has done. Jesus paid the price for your sins once and for all. There's no amount of works that will ever earn it, but Jesus has done it. We can be secure in God's love. And he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? I know sometimes things get very, very difficult in life. But God didn't bring you all this way just to let you down. He will indeed carry you through. Brothers and sisters, persevere. We're not just going to barely make it through. No, that's not you. That's not who he created us to be. We're going to keep running this race with confidence because of who Jesus is, because he is alive, and he is at work in us. Do not believe in the lies of the enemy. No, Jesus has won. I know sometimes it seems like he didn't, but believe me, believe the word. Jesus has won the victory. And... I think the power of the gospel, there's nothing like it. There's absolutely nothing like it. I've see, seen people literally dying. They're on, in some ways, uh, if you look from outside, they look like they're on their way to hell. Literally on their way to hell. And God, in his great mercy and in his great love, does what only he can do to wake people up, to bring people to salvation, to see a miraculous transformation in their lives. And that's all in Christ Jesus. Jesus has won the victory. Um, you know, I, I think that um, we've all gone through different kinds of trials and struggles. And I don't understand sometimes why we go through what we go through. Um, there have been moments in my life where, yeah, I've questioned. I've questioned God's love for me. Um, 2010 was, uh, was, a, was a very, very special year for me. 
It was a year of incredible growth in my walk with the Lord, but it was also a year of great pain, of great loss for me. Uh, 2010, um, yeah, God started to expose things inside of my heart. I didn't realize this, but I, I had this, like, I had no idea that I had this resentment towards my dad. I had no idea. And uh, during that season, like, God was revealing that to me, confronting me with it. And, um, and I'm like, no, God, I'm, my, I'm cool with my dad. I'm, everything's okay. And God's like, are you sure about that? And, and the way he actually confronted me with this was actually through a, a stranger. This uh, random stranger, um, I was at a Christian conference, so it was not like a random, random stranger, right? But it was someone, I have no idea who this person is, right? And this guy, he's, he's like, hey, can I pray for you? I'm like, yeah, sure, you can pray for me, right? And he just started praying. And, he, and as he was praying, uh, he just said a very, very simple prayer. He's like, oh, Isaac, God is so proud of you. And deep down in my heart, I was like, no. No, God's not proud of me. And I don't know if he perceived that. He kept on praying that. He repeated it again. No, Isaac, God is so proud of you. And I'm like, I can't receive it. I just simply can't. And he prayed this one more time. And at this point, I'm like, I'm like undone because I'm crying now at this point. Because at one point, I couldn't believe it. But at the same time, like, theological, I'm like, I know it's true. But why is it that I can't believe this? And that's where God confronted me of my resentment towards my dad. My view of God was so shaped by my view of my dad. So much so that I couldn't see God being proud of me because I felt like my dad was never proud of me. And so God exposed that. And I also had to repent because I had resentment towards my dad. I had no idea. I had all this bitterness pent up inside. And I, 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 I told God, God, I didn't know this, but I have all these hurts and wounds. And, and as I... Um, brought it before the Lord, God started to do that work of healing in my heart. And then the forgiveness started to flow. To be able to forgive my dad, also to understand my dad as well. And when that, that started, when that happened, yeah, God started to really, like my heart started to open up. And I, I started to experience God's love in ways I never experienced it before. Um, and my love for God really grew exponentially. And it's so crazy because it was this little, little, you know, it's like this little thing in my heart. It's just this tiny little thing, but it caused such a blockage. And when, when I was able to repent of that and be free of it, man, I just started to experience God's love. To the point where my wife knew it immediately. She was like, what happened to you? Like, why are you loving me so much? That's like something's going on, right? And even my, like, preaching, the, I, used to, I was a, a youth, te- uh, youth pastor at the time. And my, my students are like, yo, what happened to you? Like, you're actually pretty decent now. <laughs> and, um, but it's really because, like, yeah, 
I, I, I began to see more of God's love. And it's crazy because this happened when I was 31 years old. You know, and like, I've known Jesus. I came to Christ when I was like 11, 12 years old. And so I've been walking with the Lord for 20 years. And, and yet, even after 20 years, the Lord's like, nah, you think you've known everything, but you don't. I want to show you more. God's love is beyond our imagination. Brothers and sisters, we haven't even scratched the surface of his love for us. We haven't scratched the surface of his love for the world around us. But he wants to invite us deeper, deeper still. And um, as I shared before, 2010, it was, it was a, a year of great growth. So I shared that growth. But it was also a year of great pain for me as well. That same year, I, um, I lost a child. Extremely painful. I'm a pastor. I should have it all together. Um, and I remember uh, I never wanted to show my wife, um, yeah, my tears. But every time I went to the church office, man, I would cry and I would ask God why. Why did you allow this to happen? I questioned his love for me. Like, God, I, I know in my head that you love me, but I, I feel like you don't. I feel like you don't. And at the same time, um, church politics um, and, yeah, things were just so bad at church. And it was a big church. Um, and to the point where, um, you know, my, my, my father was an elder at the church and I ended up being removed as the youth pastor. And so this, is the, this was my home church. And so a church that I've been part of for 29 years, losing a child all within a few months was absolutely devastating for me. So painful. And I didn't understand it. God, I don't understand why you would allow me to go through this. And I remember my argument with him. God, have I not done enough? Haven't I not loved you? And I got it wrong. This wasn't a transaction. God always loved me, no matter what. His love for me was not based upon my performance or what I do. No, he just loved me. And I didn't understand why he allowed me to go through these things, but he asked me to just follow, to follow him. And brought me back to the word. Love your enemies. Forgive. With regard to my child being gone, God spoke and uh, he, he directed me to Psalm 139. And, and one of the things that God really spoke to me there was, you think the best place for your child to be is with you, but you're mistaken. Actually, the best place for your child to be is with me. Where there is no tears, no pain, no suffering. 
your child is forever under my protection, under my covering. And no doubt it hurts to not be with your child, but I am with your child. I'm with your child. And, you know, I took great comfort in knowing those things. Still hurts. Still hurts. And now that, you know, my, um, I have five kids, and my oldest is set to go to college uh, in a year. And that's the thing that I actually pray about more than anything else. More than anything else, I pray for my children's salvation. There's nothing more important. I could care less what school they go to, what kind of career they have. That's really not that important. That my children would know Jesus and be with him. But through all of these things, God was showing me just how much he loved me. And I know it sounds crazy, but he wanted to show just how much he loved me. To persevere, to know that he continues to be with me and will carry me through. And to not just get through, but to be filled with joy, to live a victorious life. And... Um, yeah, and absolutely nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Even death cannot separate you from the love of Jesus. No amount of suffering can separate you from the love of Jesus. And we see this. Paul is writing this. And if there's any man who understands suffering, right, if there's any man who has gotten as close to death many times. It's this guy, Paul. And he's able to share this with a straight face and with full confidence because it's true. Satan is always working to draw us away from God. That's what he's been doing ever since the Garden of Eden. He has always been out to kill you, whether you know it or not. Every single time. He wasn't doing Adam and Eve a favor. No, he wanted them dead. Why? Because he, they were made in the image of God. Satan hates God. Therefore, he hates you. He hates you. He wants you dead. Every single one of us. But Jesus, on the other hand, he wants you to live. He wants you to have life. And so we need to be aware of the spiritual battle that is being waged. And it's being waged in our hearts. And we need to confess our weaknesses. Recognize, God, I am weak. I am prone to sin. I am prone to wander. But that doesn't change your love for me. God, you still love me. You still pursue me. And that doesn't stop. Nothing, absolutely nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And this is where we need to be to be in his love. It's not enough. I know you've heard this uh, regularly. It's not enough that I, uh, you know, hear about God's love for me on a Sunday. It's not enough. I need to walk with him daily. Jesus came to reconcile you back to God. Um, 
Actually, I'm not prepared to share this, but, you know, Matthew chapter 7, um, verse 21 to 23 is one, like, one of the more scariest, to me, it's the scariest verses in the Bible, right? On that day, many, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we, not, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not, you know, heal in your name, right? Did we not do works of miracles in your name? And, and on that day, he will say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. I never knew you. Jesus came not to give us a ticket to heaven, but he came so that we can be with God, walk with God daily. And so it's not enough to just show up on a Sunday. God wants you to walk with him every single day. And so he's leading you. He's leading you into your workplace. He's leading you into your homes. He's leading you wherever you go. The Holy Spirit is working in you. And you get to talk to him. Prayer is a beautiful thing. You get to talk to God. He hears your prayers. And he also answers them. And that's what we'll be doing for all eternity, brothers and sisters. There will be a day when nothing will stand in our way, where we really get to see Jesus face to face. I have questions, lots of questions for Jesus. And I long for that day. But even today, I get to know him more through his word. I get to talk to him as I pray, I get, to, I get to experience the work of the Holy Spirit in me who is groaning on my behalf when I don't know how to pray. The Holy Spirit is working. God loves you so, so much. Nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of Christ Jesus. And so I know sometimes we're tempted to believe that God doesn't love us. We doubt it. And I want, I want to say that one, that's quite normal. I think when things get hard, yeah, I question it sometimes. But then I got to go back to hear his voice. I need to listen to the voice that really matters, the only voice that always tells the truth, right? Saying he's a liar. But Jesus always speaks the truth. And when I hear his voice, when I go back to scripture, I'm reminded, no, yes, God, you still love me. You still love me. And nothing can separate me from your love. And that's how Paul and, and the apostles and, and the early church were able to continue forward, even in the midst of all that persecution. It's because of God's love for them, and nothing could tear them from God's love. Satan can try all he wants, but nothing can tear us from the love of God. I pray that, that we would know Jesus more and more each day, that our, our faith in Christ would grow, and that this wouldn't just be this head knowledge of God's love for me, but that we would really believe it and live in it. And that we would also see that as we grow in God's love, what happens? We're able to love people the way he does. 
I think during that year when, uh, you know, when I was, it was just, yeah, that 2010 when I was just being, literally being stripped of everything. One of the things that God was doing during that season was really teaching me how to pray. Teaching me how to really depend upon him and trust him in ways I never thought I would. Jesus, you're the only one. And when I did, man, I got to see him do incredible things, even in my life. I used to pray for people, you know. As a pastor, I guess that's part of my living. But I used to pray prayers like, oh, I'll pray for you. And I, you know, I'll pray for people, especially people who are messed up. I'm like, oh, God, change that person. Uh, but the more and more I grew in my relationship with God, one of the things that God was doing was changing my prayers in the sense of God started to bring me to um, ask, him, ask him for his heart for people. And instead of asking God to change people, one of the prayers I pray more now is, God, change my heart. God, teach me how to love this person. Lord, give me your heart for this person. And, man, it's so life-giving to be able to have the heart of God to really grow in his love. Uh, so, yeah, I want to encourage us um, to just consider uh, what do we believe, what do you believe about God's love, you know, do you really believe in his love for you? Do you believe that he is at work in your life? Do you believe that he is leading you and carrying you through? I know that you probably know the answers in your head, but if you were to look at your life, you know, is your life really being driven by faith? And I don't share this to cast doubt on you, but rather simply this. The Lord wants you to live by faith. The Lord wants you to trust in his love for you. And, um, and he wants you to be confident, not afraid. Not afraid of what all the, all the crazy stuff that's going on in your life. He doesn't want you to be afraid. He wants you to trust. And so that's why um, even these apostles, they were not afraid. No matter what dangers they faced, they weren't afraid because they knew that God was with them. God is with you today, and he will always be with you. Um, let's pray. Yeah, if we could just... Um, take some time to thank God for, yeah, for his grace and his mercy, for his unrelenting love for us. Let's thank God for that. And let's pray. Maybe you've been living your life in fear. Maybe there are things you're afraid of. The Lord wants to quiet your heart. He wants to allay your fears, and he wants you to find confidence in him. God never promised that life would be easy, 
In fact, Jesus, he was, he was very honest. He said, people will hate you because of me. In fact, some people will even try to kill you because of me. John 16, it says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome this world. And so, yeah, let's, yeah, let's share, let's t- bring before God our fears, the things that we're afraid of, the things that cause us anxiety, and lift it to him. And let's pray that we would walk in faith, that we trust him, trust in God's leadership. Father in heaven, we thank you for your mercy and grace. We thank you for loving us. And you loved us so much that you sent your only son, Jesus, to pay the price for our sins so that we can be with you. God, um, God even as we're praying, Lord, you know, uh, Lord, the things that's, uh, that we're going through. Lord, you know what's going on in our hearts. Father, you know some of the pain that we're carrying, the hurts that we have. Some of us, we've been carrying this hurt for a long, long time. And no amount of time will bring healing. But we thank you that you are able to heal our broken hearts. God, you're able to mend our wounds. Lord, give us a willingness and a humility to allow you to do that work in us. And perhaps for some of us, some of that healing work is going to involve repentance. Some of that healing work is going to involve forgiveness. God, may we not be afraid to go down this road. Because, God, you really do love us. You want us to be free. You love us. We're your children. God, you take no pleasure in the the pains of your children.
And Lord, you invite us into your presence. And God, you don't force us. You don't force us into your embrace, but you welcome us. God, may we receive that invitation and walk to you, run to you. And Lord, uh, we thank you. We thank you that uh, there is nothing, absolutely nothing that can separate us from your love, which is in Christ Jesus. God, I thank you that we have no reason to be afraid or worried about our future because, Lord, our lives are in your hands. God, help us, O Lord, to grow deeper in your love for us. Help us to know you more and more uh, through your scriptures. And, God, I also pray uh, that you would help us to walk with you daily. God, that we would, even as we rise, God, that we would wake up and, and just spend time with you in your presence. I thank you, God, that even as we're at work, Lord, that we're not alone, that you are there with us. God, that even in our schools, even in our homes, Lord, even on our walk around the block, God, you're always with us. And God, um, thank you. I thank you, God, that, um, Lord, you are active in each and every one of our lives. So, God, we praise you and thank you, uh, Lord, that you will indeed carry us all the way home. And until that day, God, help us, O Lord, even as we wrestle, God, help us, Lord, to cling to Christ Jesus. And I also pray that you would help us as brothers and sisters in Christ. Help us, O Lord, to love one another, to encourage each other, to lift each other up in prayer. I thank you, God, that you hear every single one of our prayers. God, thank you. Thank you for this community of believers Thank you for your grace. Thank you uh, for your love that never fails and that will never, ever be taken from us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope today's message was encouraging for you. We'd also love to hear how God used this message to speak to you. You can email us at info at newhopeny.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle for those outlets is New Hope NYC. Our website is www.newhopeny.org. If you are in the New York City area, we have 4 p.m. worship gatherings on Sundays at 164-2 Gothels Avenue in Jamaica, Queens. We're praying for you, and we hope to see you soon.